the following chat is with very funny comedian who I enjoy greatly, Casey Salengo. I met him uh, via NFL fan therapy uh, and then kind of discovered I really liked his work from there. And uh, I was excited he wanted to do my pod. So this is just a long-wieldy conversation. Uh, what do we talk about? We talk about comedy more than I talk about comedy uh, in general. We talk about it with remote. We talk about improv versus stand-up, uh, different writing styles, uh, the vulnerability of performing certain personal parts of your life and the pain of when people really enjoy how painful your life is. <laughs> uh, we talk about pickle juice. Um, we talk about puberty and uh, we talk about Casey's time working on a campground. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is uh, one of the random episodes that I'm just releasing the full thing and not doing a difference between the subscriber and uh, free versions. Uh, in general, usually uh, half the episodes are free and half are behind the paywall. Uh, anywho... If you want to support the podcast, you can always go to patreon.com slash machine. Otherwise, just just enjoy yourself. Live and let love, you know? I clicked it. I always worry I'm not going to do it right, you know? Mm-hmm. You did it. What are you doing? You, want, you seem to be wandering about somewhere. In my house. Oh, lovely. This is my <laughs> house. Very voyeuristic oh. of me. I like to give people tours of my house, basically. Wow. You like? Look, there's a hanging plant. That's beautiful. Where, glad, where is this? It's like this? a garden of Babylon. It's like, <laughs> it really it's is. my living room. I live in Bed-Stuy. That's beautiful. I'm Dude, happy for you. Honestly, I had this kind of crazy thing where I had to move really quickly. Mm. And it was kind of intense. Like everybody thought I was having a complete like psychotic break. Mm-hmm, but I was mm-hmm. like, well, my life is psychotic right now. Sure, so. sure. It would look like I'm insane because my life is driving me insane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the, one of the good fruits of it was this fucking apartment. I never would have been motivated to live alone. Yeah, it seems nice. I <sighs> haven't done it in a long time. Yeah, have you ever? I lived, yes. Well, I did. I lived in my car for a little while, so that's Whoa. pretty long. And <laughs> I like that. People, you know, people look down on uh, living in your car, but it's pretty cool. It's actually I, perhaps like one of the smarter things to do because you have like the ability to like change location. Well, it was it. great. I also, I was working at a campground. So yeah. I would also just find a place to park. And then they had a shower house. So I can go there and use that in the morning. I see your kitty. My kitty's over <laughs> here too. Hey, really? buddy. Yeah. He's giving me kisses before. Do you have a hard time clipping their nails? Oh my god, I had to take him to the groomer because he's when he was small I could do it, but he's fucking terrifying. He bit Courtney in the head. She's got like a scar. He's he's too right? big. He's big as fuck. Yeah, I've I never been him. able to successfully do it. It's very I could do it when he's little, but now I get too scared. I brought him in. This tiny woman did it in like 10 minutes. I'm like, I don't know what secret she had. I was like, I was wrestling this guy for an hour. <laughs> I also think it's out. like when they bond with you as like a parent, they like really resent you for oh, yeah. for clipping their nails. I feel like when I've watched other people clip his nails, like he's not as upset by it. Sure, sure. You're breaking his trust. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a trust thing. It's like someone else actually should do that labor. Because... I think so too. Right? And it was only 15 bucks and it's great. And also, you if you do, go to, do you go to? too deep, there's a place called Bushwick Bark. I'm sure there's a somewhere near you. It was 15 bucks. Also, there is a science to it. If you go too deep, I mean, you can see you there's them. a vein in there. Yeah. No, you could like, they could bleed. bleed. It, could, it could kill them. So, anyway, I lived in my car and I'd shower there. <laughs> And then I worked there, so I just drive. So what did you do at the campground? Sorry. I worked. There's a booth where you sell tickets. So like you just sell people passes to come in, and I just worked in there. So it was pretty fucking cool. And it was all my buddies worked there. All my buddies were on the the maintenance, and they worked in the booth. So everyone was just like getting high all the time. It was like a summer camp, and we just like fuck around. This was I worked there from like. I want to say like 18 until like 21. Wow. And so that was pretty cool. And you wake up. Yeah, I would wake up in my car and then you're like ready to go. So 
and it was only one bad time. It's the only time I've ever driven drunk in my life, but <laughs> it's because I was already in the campground. We went out drinking, and they dropped me off, and my car was parked up front, and then I had no idea. Uh, I, I woke up, and there were kids looking in my window, and I just parked in some family's uh fucking campsite and i was like oh shit and it was just like got myself together and pulled out of there i went to stewart so i went to get coffee i went i looked and i see it i'd thrown up down the window which this is not you know i like to drink but this is very uncharacteristic i usually have a very you know i have it were you control. going through something at the time no i was just I, I was young and i was just having a hell of a time i think it was when i first turned 21 and i was allowed to go to bars so i was just wilding out that's really cool. Uh, so I was having a hell of a time. And I got to Stewart's. I opened the door and I didn't realize my pants were undone. So my pants fell off. And uh, so that was the only traumatic experience. Yeah. But then, since I was homeless in the car, they had an extra cabin that they used to use for activities. Mm -hmm. And they just gave it to me. So I had this cabin. Yeah. And it was 20 feet from my job. And I worked from 8 p.m. until 4 a.m. So nothing happened uh it was the fucking coolest i was honestly eight, it sounds like perfect for a sitcom like you should make oh like a script about those characters I sh it was so fun so yeah it sounds great i would just walk over i'd still be like five minutes late even though they can see me in my window <laughs> you like live there but, yeah i live there but i would just stay <laughs> up and uh fucking i'd get high and watch movies and it was rad is this in vermont no this is upstate new york in the adirondacks oh yeah yes yes so it was lovely. It was a lovely. Was time. that so you? Was, and you're from upstate New York, or are you from Vermont? I was born in Vermont, and my parents got divorced when she was pregnant with me. My father That's was That's a prison. great, great time to get divorced. I think it's great. <laughs> get out. Just get out of the way. Uh, yeah. Crazy it's, time it's a, to get, I've never heard of that before. Divorced yeah. There's during the pregnancy. I think it's pretty cool. There's no, you know, trauma to me whatsoever. No, I'm sure that went well. Uh, yeah and then I your said, father went to to he went to prison, prison for a little bit he's bipolar so he, you know mm -hmm. he stole a car and fought some cops and stuff so we went to prison for a little bit but mm -hmm. we stayed in vermont until i was like three and then we moved to upstate new york with my aunt and my cousins it was very fun and then we just mostly moved around upstate new york and then i would go stay with my dad and like you know vacations and summers and stuff that's nice. It was lovely. So you saw your dad like once a year, probably as a kid, stuff like no, that? No, I'd see him. He'd come visit every other weekend. Oh, that's nice. And he used to spend the night, uh, mm -hmm. which is cool. And then my mom got a new boyfriend and he didn't want her ex-husband spending the night. night, which I guess is reasonable. Uh, <laughs> so he'd have to drive back, but it was like three hours away. So now this they is live an hour <laughs> apart. It's fantastic. In my, in the world in which like all like, people are more and more minded, open-minded about different kinds of relationship configurations. Mm -hmm. I would like struggle to have the guts to admit that I wouldn't want my partner's ex staying over. I'd be like, Sarah, that's toxic. That's patriarchal that you're, and it's like, no, some things are just like boundaries that are normal. Yeah. But as a comedian, I don't know if you feel like this. I sometimes I'm like, man, I have like, I didn't realize I had no boundaries in certain ways. I thought I was just like, love getting to know people and like interested in connecting with everyone. It's like, yeah. why? Oh There's yeah, I know. Something I've realized, wrong with you. I realized that recently where I'm like, I need to just stop telling people everything, everything. that pops in my head, especially on podcasts. I forget that like, this is being recorded. And I just say, uh, I get so embarrassed after podcasts and it's not, I've said I do my podcast, The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. And I've yeah. said that, like, if any of us gets any kind of, like, success where you need to delete all of it and not even worrying about <laughs> if we said something fucked up, just the, like... Just the fact that it exists the, and anybody connects to it at any point yes, online. Just the, the, way, the yeah. deep well of uh, personal information that I've, I've right. shared in times because I felt like I'm just talking to my buddies is highly um, embarrassing. I mean, I feel that way about some of my rants. Like I did do two like twin, like gender criticism episodes, one called men are trash, the other called women are trash. And I just basically complain about people. Yes. Like yes. alone. Mm -hmm, um, I, I still stand by those episodes. I play them back and I'm like, I agree with this, but I, I feel completely raw that they're available to anyone at any point. It feels yeah. wrong. 
that anybody could just go listen to this whenever they want. Like I'm taking this down for a bit. I'm just unpublishing it for a bit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cause it just it's too raw. Performing is confusing. You think it's, you like it and then you feel yeah. exposed. Right? That's, yes. It's very I've been struggling <laughs> with that a lot because like when I started comedy, I didn't ever plan on like talking about my childhood and like right. you know being white trash or whatever. But then I just started telling a couple of those jokes and people started to like really latch onto it. And then I, uh, yeah, so people started to like know me like that and people were interested in that. And then I started doing some stuff with like Comedy Central mm-hmm. and another buddy of mine told me he had a meeting with them and they're like what they i came up and they're like what we like about him is that he like tells these like fucked up stories from his childhood that no one else would talk about so then i feel pressure like oh this is what i have to do and then i recorded an album way before i ever thought i would uh so like all these like deeply you know kind of traumatic personal things about my family are put out there and they've been fairly cool about it there's some things they've gotten like my mom's gotten upset about something oh, my, my uncle well it's that's the thing is i had to learn that like because some people with comedy are like you should be able to you know say whatever you want fuck anyone else but it's also like these people didn't sign up to have yeah, these are real people private lives exposed uh and all this I stuff know. so but my mom now just loves it she loves getting attention for anything so that's she really just, funny she just loves that i'm talking about her and people she worked at a grocery store before this and like people listen to my comedy and like make fun of her for the jokes they say and she would just fucking love it just anyone anyone talking about her she doesn't uh she doesn't mind but now i want to move away from that because i don't want to you don't want to feel like defined by your past right and like it's like your struggle your pain should not be the only thing that people enjoy about you right like i would i would have like a story about that used to like in my first year of first of all my first year of comedy somehow I ended up with only sex and dating jokes and I was that like happens and those are fine I mean they're fine but it was also like I had other jokes mm-hmm. why didn't I keep working on them I was like oh because like that's all these guys want to hear me talk the lot and they, lot of, they yeah. love this one story about me and my dad like me getting catcalled and my dad liking it that oh, was, was a really kind of a funny ex- it's a funny story walking down the city with my dad i get cat called next to him i think he's complimented on dating me people assumed i was dating my dad oh wow yes very and he was like honored by that. <laughs> oh my god oh my god right and mm. i and i was just mortified by both of them just yeah, mortified certainly. By, that he was so delighted to be i was like i i want to kill us <laughs> anyway <laughs> male audiences oh love that joke Mm -hmm. or that story i don't even know how to tell it like a joke anymore because i was like every time i tell this and it is received so well and it's not even a joke it's just a story right Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. told reality to you i didn't really have to write this yeah maybe i performed it in a like a way that was charming to you but i this isn't creativity this is just pain (laughs) yeah yeah i i I just stopped stopped talking about it i was like Uh i'd rather bomb for like a year than ever ever tell, tell that story again yes it's very no- <laughs> to these that's very noble I, yeah <laughs> that's very noble because it's tough you tell you know you just go to mics and you keep what works and sometimes it's not the stuff you wish worked but if it well, works, it's like they might it. have a sense of humor about me that's not my sense of humor yeah certainly and it's like a matter of like figuring out like well what's the sense of humor i'm aiming for like what jokes do i enjoy getting validated for mm-hmm. i know that's the difficult part i'm just i'm trying <laughs> to grow with now with like i don't want yeah i don't want to just like be you know just like confessing all these deep pains and traumas i want to talk about fun lighthearted things and I, I know. you know I've got jokes about sex and whatever and I had I feel like I had the opposite issue where I did feel I felt like as a man telling these jokes I felt gross I felt much grosser about it yeah like know? inflicting uh, sexual content on the audience as a man yes, feels it, like more predatory <laughs> it feels more predatory and it feels like people don't want to hear it as much or me right but for me it felt like you know I was very uncomfortable with sex and with like myself 
sexually in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So me, I was trying to talk more about, and I do want to explore this more about like, yeah, being more comfortable talking about it. So when people think I'm just like some man telling some gross sex right. joke, it's me like overcoming like deep seated fears <laughs> and like trying being, to yeah or, yeah try to grapple with it and like talking about insecurity and like just like fear and a lot of different areas and I think it's important and it's uh, I want to I want to dive deeper I would like to stuff. I would like to see that scale be a little more balanced because to me maybe I wouldn't feel so uncomfortable with that being my material if more men were talking about their you know vulnerabilities or whatever you yeah. know yeah uh That's because when it's thing, yeah. it's about like spreading the shame you know yeah. spread the shame yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's true i only like talking about vulnerabilities i only like telling stories where i am like the victim and <laughs> like horrible things happen to me to the point where it's got some jokes people are like that's just sad like people are like i know upset on my behalf people have even said like you shouldn't talk about yourself like that and i'm like what am i, am I supposed to talk about i don't know so you put sometimes you can push the scale too far where you may i don't want people I know. to feel bad for me right to. and then it's like i almost get insulted i've occasionally gotten feedback like that too and i've been like well what do you mean i'm laughing at it so yeah isn't isn't it okay if i find it funny but it's yeah. like, well, maybe you need to continue thinking about processing that and not just laughing at it all the time. Yeah, that might be a part of that, baby. I guess laughing at it is it's a part both. of processing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I definitely made jokes about my family when I was younger mm -hmm. as like a coping mechanism. And then that bled over into my comedy. But it's just tough to know to talk about. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to be like a 40 year old man talking about my childhood that's just i don't know that's that just funny. seems like i should Wait, be over this by now when did you <laughs> i should be over this well you're in you're in therapy right i'm in therapy yes, yes does it help you do you sometimes here's galaxy yeah. brain sometimes i think like it's too expensive for what i get out of it it's did you know like there's a free new years. york hotline that you can call at any moment and they'll really? talk to you wow i I've do done that. it. It's completely really? Casey. Try it. Okay, I'll try it. I'll try I it. was you. My therapist used to cost one hundred and twenty dollars a session. Mm, damn. Yeah. And I when even, I had. Yeah. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. When I had good employment, it was an expense I felt was worth it because I'll be honest with you. I was trying to diagnose like a mood potential mood disorder. I was like, mm -hmm. I need to commit to one woman to observe me for a year so that somebody can make this call who's not me because it can't just be me declaring myself crazy or sane on a day-to-day -day basis there needs to be some kind of expert yeah, uh yeah. but also like that's a lot of what friends and family are for mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and uh the hotline is amazing i called it once i was on there for like an hour talking to her about like my stresses and wow. she was like yeah that's rad it's good i mean what i notice is like the free therapy tends to be more about comforting you through your stresses and the expensive therapy is all about how like what which version of bipolar i have like <laughs> mm, see that's interesting <laughs> it's that, like funny the more yeah. i spend the more i'm like being pathologized and then the yeah. less i spend the more they just empathize with the fact that things are tough you yeah, know <laughs> yeah that's that's good I, I think i've had the opposite thing where really? i don't even I don't pay it's through my wife's insurance so i don't know but I, oh, know it's, I know it's expensive still but um i don't know why i feel the need to do this squat to move around i think it's mm -hmm. great keep it spicy but like yeah. yeah it's tough i want more of him like telling me what's wrong with me and mm -hmm. i want more like diagnosis i guess they I want no... you to discover it for yourself or something but it's oh. like i don't have any issue discussing my issues you know like that's not a i can right. tell anybody this so it's not like the problem is that I can't open up. It's have that you tried, I need you to tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> have you tried like uh, mindfulness or like meditation or like, I'll be honest with you, tapping? I know it sounds hippy dippy, mm -hmm. but my friend, you know, got me into tapping, which is like insanely, it seems like what a crazy person would do. It's what? like you, you rhythmically touch yourself and like describe to yourself 
like things you accept about yourself. Oh, all right. That sounds pretty cool. Because for me, I, I deal with a lot of like, uh, oh, you shouldn't have said that thing. You shouldn't have mm. made that choice. You shouldn't have harmed that person. You shouldn't have harmed yourself. And it's like a big burden. Yeah. yeah and like, there's yeah. a whole kind of like releasing thing to like reciting to yourself the things that you love yourself in spite of. Yes. Yes. Certainly. A lot of these like self-care practices do a lot of work to like normalize your mood. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I've tried meditation stuff, like the headspace thing. Sometimes it worked. The first couple times, like I just fucking freak out within the first five minutes. I couldn't do it because it's just all my thoughts were swirling. And they it's give you exercises. Hard. There's exercises like your thoughts are just like cars driving by, so yeah. you don't have to like focus. But I saw just all these cars were like it was like people in cars yelling like "fuck you," like you suck. <laughs> You should kill yourself and I have to be like, all right, see you later. Something and, else that yeah, helps so me though, though that I recommend trying that I'm doing again is something called The Artist's Way. You know this book? Yes, I read it in college, I believe. It's good. The Writing. whole like journaling yeah. in the morning mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I should do that more. I have such difficulty like getting up and doing things. Yeah. It takes me like two or three hours to really get going uh yeah so it's like the thought of getting up and do it just doing things immediately is so difficult and i've ah. wanted to do it my whole life but i've never succeeded but i the, think it would be helpful the fun thing about it is if you do it when you're so tired you have an excuse that it's not quality journaling ah yes that's yes, in yeah. my brain i'm like well of course i just woke up this is so stupid i'm getting away with something because i'm doing it when mm -hmm. i'm barely sentient very smart very smart and then you can just dick around the rest of the morning or whatever. But it like yeah. it's it's kind of like blowing a load psychically. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> Sorry. Smooth. That's pretty smooth. <laughs> the way you said that. It's very cool. I'm jealous of, you know, clearly I have some penis envy. Sure, sure. Women must, right? Yeah. I mean, it's quite an experience. You got yeah. <laughs> but you guys are so I don't vulnerable. know though. I used to mm -hmm. you know, I went through puberty pretty late. So I've experienced you know uh really how late masturbating i went those 21 i actually have a pituitary what? gland problem so i have to take hormones because they don't know what's wrong with me but there's some there's something wrong with me and um so i experienced like you know doing it with nothing coming out and then what? something coming out and i much prefer nothing coming out it was like way easier <laughs> it was way it was way easier that's too freaking funny well yeah. you know who says uh gender differences don't benefit women certainly i did it was there just a man behind you yeah okay yeah i, I just want to know you sorry. saw that <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i don't want to be in a live murder here i don't know what to do no i'm not being haunted in my house by like an intruder thank you who for was checking. that i thought you lived alone that's uh that's shalik it's a person oh, okay. wonderful a uh, person i see that's lovely time. fantastic <laughs> i should have been thinking a little more about it. i forget that i'm like not alone sometimes because no, i spend I get so it. much time solo that's great i'm glad you have someone there. <laughs> i do i spent christmas alone this oh year. wow that's tough how'd you how'd you deal with that making too many tiktoks that's oh, how we yeah. dealt with that yeah. uh-huh that's how you do christmas was I, it hard were you sad it was kind of weird because you know what? I was really grateful to like have the peace of being alone. Yeah. But it felt a little dystopic. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have social relationships. Why am I alone on Christmas? Yeah. It felt are, a little yeah. bit nuts. Mm -hmm. But was it was also because it's you were COVID. Because so you didn't want to see your family because of COVID? I literally specifically actually just didn't want to spend time with my family because I knew I was so sensitive that if I got into a conflict with them, I wouldn't mm. be able to handle it. I was like, ah, I'm too yeah. fragile right now psychologically due to having had to move really quickly. What happened, the reason I had to move is I was living with a childhood friend for like 15 years. Wow. I know, childhood friend for 15 years, but we lived together for like four years or so. It used to be me, her, and another woman. But during COVID, you know, that woman moved out and my friend's boyfriend moved in. And we were all friends, we're all simpatico. I was like, this is actually the ideal situation for this. I'm surprised how easy it is to live with them. 
but they were like slow slowly i felt like kind of like um edged out it was like Sarah, mm. when you when you shower late at night it like wakes me up when you close your door it wakes me up can you just like leave your door open and like but what ended up happening was they had a thanksgiving in the house that was like i wasn't invited to oh wow what the hell why it was like major and they're very introverted i would describe them as introverts so i understand that they kind of like you know the boyfriend tended to only do thanksgiving with his sister mm -hmm. um and the girl used to go to her family but her family her parents got divorced so mm. mm -hmm. it's like a new thanksgiving like for them in like the story of their relationship to each other you know oh, their first certainly. thanksgiving together it, it was a very like a familial like moment for them i kind of understand like if you're that introverted you only have like one or two friends and you hang out with your boyfriend all the time you maybe want it to be kind of private, but I lived there. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's I lived there. Mm -hmm. And I I just remember being like, I talked to a few of my friends about it and I was like trying to be like, it's cool. Like, I'll just go like do Thanksgiving with somebody else. And they were like, Sarah, it's weird that you're not like invited at all. Like, it's cool yeah. that like, it's cool that you're cool with it and that you have other options. But the fact that there's not like an open invite for you to come mm -hmm. is weird. Yeah. And I was weird. like, I came to terms with it. And I was like, I have to get out of this house like yesterday. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I'm leaving. Yeah, sure. And I like within a week found an apartment and moved myself into it. Wow. That's did they talk to you about? Did they say like, listen, we just want to have like a romantic thing together? Kind of. So what happened not? was like, I planned to not go home for Thanksgiving again, because I was just like, I need to focus on myself right now. I need to kind mm -hmm. of be in my own domain. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like my best encounters with my family are like not around a holiday. They're like a Saturday afternoon where we decided yeah. to get together. They're not like a loaded thing where you're spending all this time together, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. Anyway, uh, I just mentioned, I was like, oh, I saw him bringing in a turkey. I was like, oh my God, Thanksgiving. I don't have plans. Can I can I join you guys? Just thinking like, oh, I should formalize that I'll be here and let me just, can I can I join? I don't know why yeah. I even asked that, but I, I mean, it made sense to ask it. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally and, but fair. then he was like, yeah. And I later that day I was like, hey, I hope I'm not intruding. Mm -hmm. Am I intruding? I don't want to intrude on your Thanksgiving. I feel like you know, you didn't seem, there seemed to be some hesitance about me joining. And he was like, well, to be honest, what I like about Thanksgiving is that it's just me and my sister. And this is the first year Jamie's coming. So I was like, mm, wow. Wow. That's I was like, insane. okay. But then but the, what, what went really bad about it though, dude, was that my friend of 15 years, as I was moving out, was like basically unhappy that I was unhappy. Like she wanted mm. me to be like, oh, I'll miss you. It was a good run. Mm. Now things are changing. Like she wanted me to be more like forgiving and happy. But I was just kind of matter of fact, like it seems like you guys want to live alone. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. don't know this consciously, but subconsciously you guys really want to live alone. And I think it's time for me to head out. And I paid them two months of rent. Wow. And moved out. And then what happened? she called me like mentally ill and started like attacking like me as a crazy person holy shit that's a lot i think that was the that was a really the nail in the coffin because i think i could have just done some distance with that friend mm -hmm. for like a few months and then probably had a good relationship with her still she means a lot to me yeah but the wielding that i'm mentally ill yes yes that's very difficult. That's too far. And I was already dealing with feeling fragile anyway. So then I really, I, I asked people in my life, I was like, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> I called up my dad. I was like, I, here's what's happening. Am I crazy? Uh -huh. It's like, it sounds like a very reasonable thing, what you're doing and what you're going through. I was like, thank you. Someone? Huh. Yeah, no, it sounds completely reasonable. Absolutely. And you got to you got to cut people out of your life sometimes, sometimes. i've got friends from my childhood that like i've got trouble i've got friends that i've known since i was a child but even back then like yeah you know 
I kind of just relate them to traumatic experiences some. Yeah. Like one specifically who was really like a bully to me, like really treated me very poorly. And I just associate him with a lot of negative experiences. And he tries so hard to maintain our relationship to this day. Cause I think he's like treated a lot of people like this. So he's like cut a lot of people out of his life and he's now coming to terms with it. And I'm trying to be like the better person and like, accept it and stuff but i don't want to <laughs> and i like I, like there's I too wanted, much damage has been done yeah i kind of just want to say like i just don't want to be associated anymore but it feels strong but it's well tough. you don't have to like um he can start over with his good personality traits with new people he does yeah yeah because he's like reminding you of like the past pains when he needs that from you you know yeah, like yeah. it's just a little heavy like the trust is broken basically and you have to decide like because with family this is how i am it's like you can't pick your family so you have to like negotiate the boundaries with them in order to have the healthiest most loving relationship possible but with friends or like other choice optional social nodes if they're like cruel you don't like renegotiate with a cruel person (laughs) Yeah, you, get, yeah. You, you move forward, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But it's, it's hard because I'm an only child. I think I treat ah. my friends like really serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. You know, are you, do you have siblings? I've got siblings, but I I still treat my fa- friends very, very closely. We, I wasn't yeah. close to them when I was younger. So like my sister is six years older and my brother was four years older so they were kind of like doing their own thing and I was too little so I was just like cut out of a lot of stuff and even when I wasn't like I remember they went to Woodstock 99 like the one where everybody burned everything down and they like invited they invited me to go and even that I was like you guys aren't gonna take care of me (laughs) I'm like I'm a child child, I don't trust you too that's really funny so I didn't go uh because I was just terrified of everything but now that we're older i don't my brother and i's relationship's okay but my sister is like my one of my closest relationships and we talk at least once a week on the phone all the time but we used to fight terribly when we were younger and once we got older we became like good friends so i know as the only child i'm like always confused i'm like what do you mean you guys have the same dna shouldn't you just be best friends (laughs) i don't fully understand how siblings don't get along i'm like what it's tough (laughs) my brother has his whole own set of issues he is actually bipolar Mm -hmm. uh, but like doesn't take medicine for it so he'll just like you know it's just up and down with him a lot of times at my wedding i had to like fight him because he like uh he can't drink at all or else he just goes insane and he started drinking and like interesting just causing he's huge ruckus and we had like my wife's like grandparents and nieces in the house and it was like whole thing i had to drive to my mom's house in the middle of the night and uh mm. so just like things like that where uh it's kind of difficult to get close to him sometimes yeah wow fascinating yeah. wow but yeah your friends <sighs> i've had a lot of friends i've lost i've made so many friends in comedy and i've lost so many friends in comedy because you learn that people are shady in many different ways it takes a few to, years you have to go through like the the opportunity for them to like um they have to yeah. have the opportunity to do something uh for their gain at your expense absolutely or for you to even notice that they have that trait because comedians are almost like in general the act of being a comedian feels like being like a flirt to a lot of people it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. flirting with a mass of people certainly and so th- we all do that like interpersonal with each other. It's like our version of like, we enjoy kind of being charming or enjoy yeah. making people laugh or enjoy pleasing people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's like, some people do this in order to like, I don't know. I, I came to the conclusion, I was like, I just love comedy so much. Like mm-hmm. even if there wasn't a profession or any career, I would just yeah. be wanting to do it. And I don't know what'll happen maybe yeah. nothing but i it's really corny i reached the like you get to do it thing and like yeah you know yeah. you get to spend time with all these people who are really stimulating to you and like exciting for example nfl fan therapy oh very fun i never yeah. knew i liked doing improvised acting at all 
It's so I much never fun. Knew. Yeah, I love it. So I wish I got more opportunities to do that. I'm lucky. I'm so happy. That's just, I only got included because Courtney was on it and she's so great. And then I, I just happened to be around. How <laughs> so did I Josh to... know to cast Courtney? I think he, how did he? he must Josh have... is like so good at sensing what people are good at. I know. He's he like a have... guru. He must have known her for something or like he knew the other people. And I think they're asking they for football fans and she is a, you know, psychotic football fan, uh, <laughs> but she's so good at it. So they kind of just included me as like, I feel like I had a pity at first and then they grew to like me. <laughs> That's what you said, but I don't believe that. Well, at first, cause they had their most popular characters are the Patriots fans. So they didn't like need another Patriots fan guy, but right. I think I've carved out my own little niche and especially our session that's where i really felt like i was coming to my own when we were doing it with you because it, yeah. so, it was so fun because you got to lean into being like the the bad one the yeah. antagonist in this it's awesome an antagonist in a group therapy setting is just so fucking funny it's so funny. bullying love, tom yeah. delgado <laughs> i love i love the bullying take your shirt off oh my god i said it to him all the time he was here last <laughs> night and i just bully the shit out of him it's so much fun it's too freaking funny. It's My great. God, I'm making more coffee. Get more coffee. I haven't eaten Christ. at all today. Oh no. I don't eat very much. I've realized sometimes you ever just realize you didn't eat. Sometimes it'll be like five o'clock. I'm like, I didn't eat anything today. It's me very too. confusing. I'm like, why is my body not telling me <laughs> that it wants food? I don't You get know it. what I've started doing with myself? It's like you have to treat yourself like you are like a dumb animal. I like, I'm also trying to eat healthier. So I was like, yeah. you know, the easiest way to do that is to spread fruits around your apartment in sight. Yes, so when you're yeah. walking and you see it, it's the easiest thing for you to do. Very smart, very smart. It's, but it's, it's also just so, don't underestimate how, how animal-like you are. I feel like mm -hmm. people forget, like we're basically animals. We are, yes, we're more animals yes. than we are like, smart yes. evolved mm -hmm. that's why people do all these bad things to each other yes you do very bad things and it's, um, we are animals and with eating i really i just read i don't know why it took me this long to realize it's so simple i was just reading keith richard's autobiography yeah and he was talking he about he doesn't eat at normal times basically from like performing and just like doing drugs all the time <laughs> he eats at <laughs> weird times and he like makes his own food but he like He's talking about how he doesn't eat meals. He'll have like, he doesn't think it's good. He said like people are trained to eat like that because they're training them to like work in factories. Right. No, I like think he's school, right. The nine like, to five thing, the yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you should be grazing all the time. That's the thing. So like in school, they're just training yeah. you to be like in the workforce. Whereas right. it's better to just like take a few bites here and there. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like, I hate eating a huge meal. I feel like shit. I'm exhausted. Like my stomach doesn't digest things well i'm like i think if i i'm gonna move to just like grazing throughout the day maybe having like just dinner with my wife but That's i hate cute. breakfast i've realized i hate breakfast and i'm okay with it now <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just moving on eggs suck i've been really like lying to myself that i like eggs <laughs> so long. eggs just, suck I what's your like favorite them. i know it it does feel like crazy that eggs are so popular I don't That's know what it is. They're just there. I don't the know. They're good is, sometimes, but I don't know. Foods um, are like, uh, for example, eggs are better. My family's German, so I often go to Germany to see mm -hmm. them. Very nice. Uh, dairy is better there. Like oh, when wow. I eat an egg in Germany, I'm like, what is this? Like, it's mm. just some places are better at doing uh, natural foods. And sure, guess what? Sure. They're not America. Yeah, like I feel like there's yeah. a psyop where like all vegetables, fruits, and, and all this shit tastes bad as a default. Like you're lucky if a fruit tastes good. Yeah, no, a lot it's of a little apples weird. taste like shit. A lot of apples taste like shit. I like but, I love fruits and vegetables, but yeah. But Cheetos like always hit. Like we all know oh, what that's gonna be. I love. Like. Oh yeah, I love. I love that <laughs> so much. I love dairy. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty lactose intolerant, but I can't. You know, <laughs> so I try to spread it out and I just deal with it. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's tough. Like ice cream is my favorite food. I try to really, and pickles are my second favorite food. I eat oh, those yeah. all the time. I love pickles. You like the acidity of pickles. Oh my God. I drink the juice all the time. People, there's, you know, some people say it's very bad for me. Some people say it's very good for me. I don't really know. I'm trying it to figure it out. It strikes me as good. 
it's a lot of sodium but i think it's hydrating it's, i don't know the science behind it i should probably it's, look up if it's good for you or not it reminds me of like lemonade like the same theory behind lemonade it's like Certainly. acidic and hydrating mm -hmm. what's yeah. the issue it's just yeah. a different flavor profile i Absolutely. support pickle juice thank you i'm glad my <laughs> wife does not she if i reek of pickle juice she does not she she's not very clearly doesn't pleasant. want to get close to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> not a very pleasant experience <laughs> that's too freaking funny wait can you tell me about when you decided to do comedy and where you began and how you came to new york and all that i decided i was in college and i was doing acting stuff and i was like i knew i wanted to do something performing mm -hmm. and i was like this is almost it but it's not it like i had a lot of friends in theater but a lot of them were just like kind of dorks Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't fully fit in with these people. And I, well, I love acting. I'm not like that good at it, though. And I was like realizing it slowly, like I'm pretty good, but I'm not like there are other people that are way better than me. And then <laughs> I got the opportunity to there was like a big dance show every semester. Dance um, show. Yeah. So like these they had these dance troops and it was like the biggest show on campus. Everyone would come. What college and, you uh, go to? This is SUNY Oneonta. Oh, yeah, so I'm familiar. Like Western New York. And um, they just were looking for hosts. And huh. me and me and my friend Brendan is my best friend in college. Uh, audition. We just like made up a few little skits. And I think we're the only people that auditioned. So we got it. So we had to make our own skits throughout, like between the dances. And I think we did way more than they thought we were going to do. But we like had a whole thing. We planned our whole own dance. And, this, and it was there's video of i'll show he's five feet tall and i'm like six foot four so we had like a lot of oh that's so fun we made a lot of things an odd I, pair yes we did it we invented the snail where i get down and he Stop. he makes himself a little shell on my back and we do this <laughs> no. and i drag myself around and then there's one part of the dance where i just pretend he was a baby and i was giving birth to him and that's <laughs> that's, that's when people really lost their minds in the video they I liked I've, ever it. Gotten, I've never gotten a bigger reaction people were fucking screaming they, they loved it so, you should put that please on social media i'll put I that mean, up it's on youtube i'll put it up um, or yeah or send me the link i need to see it because okay. i you know and to me this is something that stand-up is lacking is like so much of what is funny is like like real absurdity and physicality. Oh yeah, that's what I like the best. I don't like, you know, I mumble a lot and uh, people can't understand what I'm saying most of the time. So a lot of my comedy is just in my my movements and my general likability. People are like, I don't know. They're like, it's I can hear what he's saying, but he's like, fine. He's, <laughs> I can tell he's funny. Uh, that's so funny. So I did that and then we got to do that. It was like a big success. And it was very fun. I had a lot of the dads who like had to go to these dance recitals their whole lives be like, <laughs> I fucking hate this shit, but you guys were great. You know, they're, they're, so we got to do that for a while. And then we got other opportunities to host like a fashion show and then like do, do like other improv sketch stuff. And then after that, I just planned, I was like, I'm going to move to New York and, uh, do whatever i'd go i went to work and how many years ago was this this was it's 10 next wow it? in like a week it's gonna be 10 years wow so, yeah so i um went i went to work on a weed farm in california to raise money to move wow. here so i did that for a few months and then i did that for like three times so like even when i was living in new york i'd go work the season just to get an extra chunk of money and then i just fucking moved here and i didn't even know i wanted to do stand-up i did stand up one time in college there's a hot dog restaurant <laughs> that said like comics wanted and i always like i was like oh always wanted to try it so i just wrote down everything i ever thought could be a joke so i did oh like 20 God. minutes and i thought i had the video somewhere and i'm like this is going great and like it wasn't going great but it was going way better than somebody doing 20 minutes for the first time should have been uh, right so then i moved here and my first i planned on doing like acting and comedy and like improv and stuff but then my first week i went to an open mic and i was like this is it i don't want to you know i don't want to go to on, on on auditions and i was like improv's too expensive so yeah i've just been doing it ever since
That's really, really cool. Damn. Yeah. I did do the um, UCB stuff. Mm -hmm. I liked the improv classes in terms of like, um, because they, I kind of enjoy thinking about like the abstract patterns of comedy. Like mm -hmm. I was just a comedy fan first. Yeah. Before I really knew that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I knew I loved making my friends laugh. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also knew that like at my day job, I would listen to Maria Bamford and like yeah. transcribe every joke and explain to myself why it worked. I was just like super analytical about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm great. like, what is it about this that is so funny? Is it the writing? Is it the voice? Is it the rhythm? Is it mm -hmm. the, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would just like explain to myself why I was finding things funny. Cause laughter, like humor, when something strikes you as funny and you're not used to thinking about it analytically, it honestly feels like kind of a weird miracle. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. why am I experiencing this? You know? Yeah. Anyway. It's like a weird power and you don't even know what's funny i'll write throwaway lines in a joke that's just like people like it a lot and i don't even think it's funny at the time right. yeah no i wish i, I did the improv stuff i honestly saw myself doing that more because i was like obsessed with like saturday night live i was obsessed with like will ferrell as was every man of my generation but i like, like will ferrell a lot. i love i watched it i had his best of snl dvds and i would like watch them every day and i knew I don't like mem. I can't ever remember movie lines or anything like that. But I have like every one of the sketches like memorized, and but then I just started doing stand up, and I was like, it's free, and I can do it whenever I want. And I didn't have any money to pay for improv classes. I didn't really like the structure of it, and I yeah. realized like I don't feel like working with other people that much. So I think it yeah, was, was hard for me about improv was like. I'm, I guess I'm like very individualistic. So standup was really easy to just go and just like, uh, see if an idea worked. I liked that yeah. instant feedback and the instant yeah. ability I had to just execute it, not having to rely on other people. Yeah. But I do think it's like good improv does feel just like a polyamorous relationship. Like these people yeah. are just like incredibly close to each other mentally yeah. and basically are able to perform as a unit if I'm not feeling that like emotionally connected to my scene partners, I'm just going to be in my head. I'm always like, I'm going to make them look bad or they're going to make me look bad. Cause in yeah. my head, you know, I have these, you know, I feel like this is a thing. We are all assessing who we think is funny. Right. Yeah. yeah in a class yeah. like that in my head, I'm like, man, I hope I get in a scene with them because they're hilarious. I'll be very comfortable. But if I was yeah. in a scene with someone I perceived as very unfunny, I, I, basically couldn't make it work <laughs> yeah yeah that's i that's and the that's, thing is i, I wouldn't be able to and do i that hated either. having to even judge other people like that i was like yeah. i wouldn't even choose to have these negative thoughts about anyone because i just wouldn't be hanging out with them absolutely if i didn't and enjoy their company yeah it just felt really unnatural being put in a class i think it is unnatural and a lot of people are just taking it as like to try something out and um yeah it just costs so much and i've learned i just like comedians more like improv people, especially the older I get, people that are just like always doing bits fucking drives me insane. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just talk to me like a normal person. And I, I find know. that happens more in improv. And they stand up a lot, but like, I even have friends who used to be like that. As they're growing older, they're like calming down. I'm like, this is not Thank like, you. you don't need to audition that you're funny for me every time we talk. It's very irritating uh so co comedians are just like a little bit angry and a little bit uh more cynical and right they're more I negative don't like, <laughs> i don't like to see myself that way but there's definitely like a part of me so in stand-up i'm like one of i'm seen as like a very positive guy if i was in improv i think i'd be a prick <laughs> so, right so it's better yeah that's really interesting that like self-reflection on that stuff oh me oh my but then I also took a sketch class and I would like write sketches like according to what I think is funny yeah. and then like the sketch teacher would explain to me all the things I needed to change and I would just be like but no yeah but no. then my sketch would be like all their sketches and then it's not as interesting because we've seen that before exactly. this sketch is more is better yeah. <laughs> I just like refuse to like accept the education that I'm paying for I was like yeah and then that that improviser started doing stand up and I hated her stand up. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was like 
clearly I, I have my own sense of humor. What I've discovered through spending all this money on UCB is that I have my own sense of humor and I don't really want anyone else's. Absolutely. I feel the same way. <laughs> I don't like, I like doing it by myself. I don't like, I like mixing with some people. Like I, Courtney and I host things together and we bounce so off cute. each other very well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I like, but even in standup, I enjoy like the improv moments more. Like reciting same. a joke I've said a million times doesn't. No, I do like that hosting. Much pleasure. Hosting, hosting makes me hosting really happy. Hosting is very fun. I, yeah, I, like the first time you say something funny is way better than knowing like it's supposed to get this reaction. It feels kind of great, like psychopath. Like I know what I'm going to say and I know how it's yeah. going to make them feel. And I've done this a bunch of times. Like what the fuck? I, like people who are like, <laughs> so like some comics are just like by the book, like write every joke meticulously I, and yeah. like have to say it exactly i just don't understand it's really nice at all. for me to meet another person who thinks like this because i had a eureka moment i was like i do stand up best when i'm just in a the right mood and i uh didn't forget uh yeah, the themes absolutely. i intended to get to um yeah, absolutely so that's interesting anyway yeah. I feel like uh, we should wrap up soon. I've kept All you right. on here for no, a while. No, it's been lovely. I just it have to clear the room out. My wife fun. has therapy as well. So Oh, wow. Everybody's so getting their, their brains day. fixed. You know, lobotomy is a thing that I feel like we should start considering more. I think Getting the brain it. cut out. I would love it. I don't need it. It doesn't do me a lot of favors, honestly. Okay. Well, well thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been real. And I'm see glad you around. Join yourself and I'll see you soon. Yeah, bye. Okay, bye.